Welcome to the Guys Drinking Tea Podcast. If that sounds like a casual conversation to you, then you're absolutely right. We decided to start this podcast because, frankly, we just love talking about the scriptures and exploring how they interact with our everyday lives. These are the kind of conversations we were having in the hallway anyway every week, so we decided to turn on a camera and a microphone and let you listen in. If this content's helpful to you, then we would greatly appreciate it if you leave us a review in your podcast service, hop over on YouTube, subscribe to us there, like, comment, share with friends, all of those things. Without any further ado, let's dive into another sometimes meandering conversation about the scriptures and life. Hello, everybody. Hi, everyone. How you doing? It's so good to see you all. Welcome to Guys Drinking Tea, where we are going to solve every question in the world around community and why it's so difficult. I love that idea. Um, We're just going to fix it. So, Yeah, because community is always easy. Always easy. Always easy. Everyone loves it. Why are we even Why are we even wasting our time talking about because everybody knows how easy it is. People are not difficult. Never. We have a community of this in this church, what, 500 so people, and no one's ever difficult to handle or manage. Um, there are never any problems. We if never upset each other. If, if someone's out there watching this and they don't understand sarcasm, they're so confused <laughs> yeah, right like, now. Wait, I want to go to that church. <laughs> but, little, they've already called their, their current pastor and said, I'm changing I'm leaving churches. For this other church. And, and, so, and, and that's the, the thing, right? All of this is tied into community, yes, but church, because we're a Jesus podcast. It, it's tied into the, to the church community. And, and yet church has found its way into how we do consuming for other communities as well. It's, it's like this thing that we dot in and out of. We visit other places. We go to all these different things. And, and, and so we have our own challenges. We have our own mess. We have our own problem. We, we have some fractured communities. And so there's always that joke. They use it in seminaries, or at least the seminaries I went to of like, if you ever find a perfect church, don't join it because you'll ruin it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like that. That, I've that, ruined many a yeah. church. <laughs> I've got a long list. The <laughs> list is notorious. Yeah. So, uh, so today, uh, if you hadn't already picked up on it, if you haven't, then what, you're not even paying attention. But we're going to talk about community. Yeah. And the the challenge of community, the beauty of community, and on Sunday, Alex talked about this. Um, and under the title, did you give the message a specific title? Do you know, I didn't actually this week. We talked okay. about crisis of loneliness, actually, or yeah. homelessness was maybe how it was actually phrased. Yeah. But we we dotted, we we got in amongst the lines of belonging, community, all of those different so things. So it's, it's this sense of belonging that we're going to talk about today. So the, the angst part is, in this whole series, is most of us, and probably you sat at home or driving or whatever, us, we, we're in the world and we're like, something's not right here <laughs> there's there's the stuff that's afoot that just feels funky and the example i used was the lion in a zoo like we're, we're maybe living lives that aren't the lives of real lions or real humans in our case like there's something off and so we've tried to look su- up just to tie that thought up you're suggesting that a, a lack of belonging is the thing that's off i'm one of the things that's okay off. yeah yeah broadly yeah. Um, and so we started sociologically. If you've done any sociological reading, you've probably picked up on this theme that life without community is generally bad for people's health. Um, lonely people just die sooner. 
than than um, than healthy people than than non lonely people. What's the phrase for that? People with community. Lonely like, people die earlier than than non lonely. Yeah, yeah. There is. I don't, there know a, that, I don't know what that antonym is. <laughs> But but it's just phrases. There's but, phrase antonyms. But yeah. that that's like I mean that's a proverb somewhere, isn't it? I can't remember which one. Two are better than one. If one falls down into a pit, the other will help him back up. Like that's the. Of course, you die younger when you've got pits to fall into and nobody to help you back a, up. Yeah. Um. So so that that is just a sociological fact, and we looked at this community that was fascinating to me. This tiny little town in Pennsylvania. Italian immigrants, lots of them first or second generation, and there's no heart disease. People die of old age. They just, in their 90s, they're just slowly just like, okay, done with this. Three generations living in a home, conversations in the street and over fences. There was no, whoa, whoa, T's on the loose. I've, I've committed a party foul. I don't know what we do with that. I don't, I've never spilt tea before as an Englishman. I've just... Um, <laughs> really? We don't spill tea. That's a... <laughs> keep talking i'm gonna go get a towel i love it i'm this just gonna hold it and stand here yeah aaron spilt the tea alex did not spill the tea so so i'll just fill in for aaron's incompetence um there is there is this connection between just having community and and living a longer life and a healthier life uh in all of the ways that we might define health so just sociologically, we kind of we just we just tapped into that for a little bit, and, and that goes again back to a, a well-known passage from Genesis. Um, we're told God said it is not good for man to be alone, and so that's the the Eve creation story. That's the connection of relationship and the family that comes from that. Loneliness, it seems, on all levels, is a bad thing, and so I made a differential on Sunday between loneliness and aloneness because if what you hear is you should mm. never be lonely uh, and so you always have to be with people that that's pretty that's pretty messed up but um you do need space alone but you also need a community around you yeah i that was so i think let's maybe let's spend some time well uh let's spend some time there we're We've talked in recent weeks even about solitude and silence, mm -hmm. and then we and about, about this. You spent a little bit of time in the message about that. So what's what's the difference between solitude and loneliness, and why is one actually a spiritual discipline that is recommended, and the other is um, literally detrimental to your soul, your spirit, and your body? Mm. Yeah. It, so and it seems to be a question of wiring and how we're made up. We're, we're made as a broad spectrum species. We are made to be beings that live in community that need occasional moments of solitude to breathe. We are not people that are made to be alone and outside of community who need occasional moments of community to live or exist or breathe. Where somewhere- Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what the, I can just hear the introverts out there saying au contraire. Au contraire. I think we're made to have occasional moments of community uh -huh. and the rest of it could be solitude and that that's a healthy balance. So, so What's I think the argument against I think that? that can, that can move the spectrum, but I don't think it can take away the, the 
the Genesis language of, yeah, you're not made to be alone. You're not, you're not made to be alone. Like that, there's a discomfort and a maybe community is more challenging for some of us than others, but I'm just not sure that just simple I'm always alone or lonely is, is ever a good place. What do you think? I mean, what, what would your answer be to that? Because well, you're, you're pretty extrovert too. I mean, well, I'm, I'm extreme extrovert. Yeah, so I, I, I used to be more to... so than I have been in, in recent years. I think you can be an extrovert that's around people all the time and be extremely lonely. Yeah, There's a different... There's a different kind of community involves a sense of which you talked about, started hinting at in the message. Community involves a kind of being with people that involves vulnerability, yes. taking down of masks, and stuff. And an extrovert can live their entire life and never experience that kind of community. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm actually like this is actually a struggle of mine. I'll just be vulnerable for a second. I'm actually pretty comfortable being. Uh, it's easy for me to be one inch deep with a thousand people and and no one knows me beyond an inch deep. Mm. That would be like easy for my natural wiring, but mm. that isn't community. Yeah. Whereas my whereas my wife, who's an extreme introvert, um, she struggles to be, like I can be on a stage with a bunch of people in front of me and I kind of feel like a little bit of a community with them and relationship with this large crowd of pre people that would terrify my wife. Mm. A large crowd of people is like not her jam because she wants to go a mile deep with three people. And that's, and, and, and I think she's more onto it than I am if I never do the other. If I never go deep with anyone, is that community? That's a great question. So, so I-, I Tell us the answer in the comment section below. So, so I think, and I'm gonna try and, hold you to your original question. Okay, sorry. Because she's not saying she doesn't have community. If she's no. the typical introvert, she's still saying community is important. She is, but she she she's actually probably more accurately engaged in community than it, it, I, these are hypotheticals. If I, I I'm, didn't I'm have any yeah. if I didn't have anyone I was going super deep with. Yeah. Where I was genuinely pursuing a life of vulnerability with, then is that actually biblical community? No. I interact with people all day. I'm around people. I'm happy-go-lucky. I might even spend time with a ton of people. But if I'm like only talking about, um, you know, and let's, things I like to talk about, technology, investments, and the weather, and these are the that's the content of my, of my conversation, <laughs> then I'm not probably in community. Whereas she may avoid interactions with lots of people. And then a couple times, once a week, she goes super deep with Ooh, two or three people. So, so I, I guess, and I, I guess that- She's in community, I'm not. But that makes me ask the question, like is a once a week rhythm, does it have the ability to be super deep? Like, I, I mean, I'm intrigued now. I mean, we're down a rabbit hole. Like what, can, can giving Embrace that amount rabbit. of time to people ever get to super deep? I, I mean, we're, we're, we're working with a very, loose definition of the word super deep right like because i mean it could mean anything like so, so so somewhere it feels like the sacrifice of community is sometimes you have to be with other people when you don't want to and you have to be there when they want you and you don't want them like somewhere that's it's not always going to be just simply we found this perfect balance of yeah we only want to get together this often and both of us feel that way 
Because that's not that is just not workable for most of the time. Like, isn't it true that in marriage you are you are choosing to surrender part of yourself and part of your preferences for that community, and then by a broad extension in a family in a church, you're actually doing the same. Yeah. So, so, so I mean, I guess my question: What is, are the elements of true biblical communities? How we're do you guys at? know that 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 your wife's relationships are deeper than yours? I, I, again, I'm in, this is a hypothetical. Okay. I do have some of those people in my life, but uh, I didn't always. Huh. And I, there's been seasons where I haven't had that. But anyway, um, mm. so I think vulnerability is a huge marker of biblical community. Mm. A measure of like, I'm going to let you see who I actually am versus the front that I give to others. And you're, you're saying that maybe another marker of biblical community is the sacrificial nature of it, that, that yes. I I, com I covenant to it, I commit to it, even when it's not always easy. Mm. And I would say another one is that you are in community with people who aren't just like you. It's diversity, okay. Okay, so... So so vulnerability is where we started, and that's... That's, that's just the one I was proposing, and you're suggesting that there's that these other two. Are there other elements? Like it's if this isn't part of it, that's not what Jesus had in mind when he was advocating for community in the church and all these sorts of things. So, so sa sacrificial as long as it extends to extends to participating, being involved, seems to be what he he argued for in in his small community of twelve. They're all involved in different ways in the broader church. Different people have different roles. Like there's there's an involvement to to sacrificial that I think is important. Mm. Um, diverse it's certainly he asks that it's diverse vulnerable yes we we talked about that like being able to take off the mask and almost if you go to a community masked you, you're not really there you've almost it's almost like sending a uh what's that word for someone who's like a a, a proxy like or, or whatever like uh it's almost like you've hired someone to go in your place um wow yeah you, you're, you're just not really present someone else is present for you and that, and that, interestingly, I mean, that's so much social media because we get to put online all the books we want people to think we've read, not the ones that we've actually read and the movies we want people to think we've watched and not the ones we actually like watching. Like, I, I love to have people pretend that I, you know, have watched all of these highbrow movies. I actually just watch You've Got Mail every week or whatever. Like, I just, that, that's a temptation of social media to pretend. You've Got Mail isn't highbrow? Yeah, it's got highbrow moments. It's got <laughs> highbrow moments. So, That's going to be what splits our audience. They're just like, yeah, yeah. got mail. So, so I, I, I mean, I, I think that those terms could almost everything that Jesus requires in community, it seems, could find a space under one of those umbrellas or one of those in one of those buckets. Okay, unless we're missing something. Well, again, we're kind of coming up with this. So, we're, what we're trying to do on the fly, wish us luck, is to <laughs> come up with a coherent and a list of markers of healthy biblical community. Um, and if it, you know, if it's missing some of these markers, it's not everything. That so that, I mean, yeah, the, the other question like the is, question I would like is loyalty. One of those things like what, what, when we talked about consumer religion is actually saying, I'm going to stay even when it's difficult. Is that one of those things? I mean, you've talked about in terms of community, you've talked about people coming up to you and saying, I, I wish we sang more of these songs, mm -hmm. but I'm staying anyway. 
to fight for this community almost. And you're I, like, I, I would I put love that, that under the umbrella of, of sacrifice that you already mentioned. Or maybe diversity. I mean, maybe it fits under that umbrella too. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about diversity. Why okay. is that a priority uh, as for you in, in the sense that you think that it's not as full which is a diff- different question. Do you need all of these in order for it to be biblical community? Or is he like, at least you got a couple of them. Let's work towards another one. You know what I mean? It's like, that's a whole different conversation. But you said diversity is one of the markers you would think of as what Jesus has in mind for uh, the kind of community that's transformative and life-giving. Um, why? Why is diversity one of them? So, I mean, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like it's a brilliant original thought that comes from me. It's just what Jesus did. So, so I, I think for me, it's just copying um, to a degree. Like I'm just saying, I'm going to do the things that Jesus did. And Jesus pulled together a group that for a Jewish group was diverse. He added people into that group that probably didn't fit. There's some suspicion that women were pretty highly involved in the ministry. And, and depending on your reading, you read that as very involved or just partially involved. Um, but but there's, there's, a, there's a broader thing happening there than any other rabbi wandering around the first century Jerusalem, Judea landscape. Um, Does need to be both racial diversity and socioeconomic and gender diversity? Well, that's where it goes in the Acts community. So that was there, it seems, implication of what an extension of Jesus' community looked like. And Paul's language is, he's the one that's broken down the walls. He he broke the middle wall of separation, specifically in his language between Jew and Gentile. But I think by implication between everyone, um, it seems like he's a God that breaks down walls and doesn't build them between people. Yeah. Not a political statement, by the way. So we're... But it's, so the, it seems... So there's a, the, there's a thesis that you've proposed in the message and here, which I agree with. And I think most Christians like have an intuition to say, yes, community is important. Uh-huh. Like, I think it's sort of a almost in most Christian spaces, even for an introvert to think, yeah, there's probably something there that's, that is of the way of Jesus. But then, um, so let's just say that that's an assumption that most of the audience, like, okay, there might be introverts out there who might emphasize it differently or whatever. Mm. Um, but most introverts are, I've actually found most of the introverts I know are really good people, you know, with people just, in smaller settings. Let us just say at this point, we never said introverts were bad people. Oh, absolutely not. Like that, that was never said. Never said. <laughs> By any, either of us. No, um, not at all. And not, in, in fact, in many cases, they are better people. Yeah, that, that might <laughs> be true. Yeah. If I look at the way sampling in my own life. Certainly more honest people. <laughs> I, I, I think, yes, I think most people would agree community is important. I actually think a challenge I've had from introverts at South is Sunday morning isn't a community experience. Like, is that real community, what we do on Sunday morning? And so if I find- What's your answer to them? So, so my answer is interestingly, this is that, because I, 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 would, I would say I, I probably do broader relationships even than you. Like I would say, if you're an inch deep with a thousand people, like I can do half an inch deep with 3,000 people. Like, I I can really spread it out. That's fair. Um, (laughs) But I also do value very deep relationships at the right time and in the right place. So I would say the the beauty for me on Sunday morning in the moments that I'm walking around, and I've actually said this to to some people, is 
is every good deep relationship I have with people at South began on Sunday morning. Like it began there. There was, the, the, it may have started with a brief conversation around some particular thing. I just had a fun conversation with a person that's pretty new to the community about, we ended up, he played soccer in the same place I coached soccer. Like we just, every one of the deep relationship I have started with a, a just a, a gentle sort of connective moment on Sunday morning and I moved to something else. So mm. every time I have this, this brief conversation with a new person on Sunday morning, I'm like, who knows where this could go? Like this could be anything like this, this could go into my, my, I met my wife at a conference I was speaking at. Um, and I walked over to her and said, hi. And it all went from there. Like anything is possible. So to me, like that's the possibility. And, and so the, the community on Sunday morning may not suit deep conversations. It creates the possibility for deep conversations all over the place. Okay. But is that what we're talking about? It it's, are, so is the thesis of the message commit to coming on Sunday morning? No. I actually don't, I don't care think if that people that, come on Sunday morning. I, I didn't think that that was your thesis. Well, no, I do care. I do want you to come on Sunday morning. But I, yeah, yeah I, I think it's, if you want to find value on Sunday morning, even as someone who doesn't enjoy 500 conversations, there's a whole bunch of people that you could come to know that you're potentially missing conversation with. And who yeah. knows where that can lead. So I, I think if it's if the question is where's the value on Sunday morning, that would be my answer in in terms of community. Okay. So, uh, but the but we're act what we're after isn't a Sunday morning worship service community. What mm -hmm. we're asking what we're asking is Jesus seems to think that there is a kind of community that is healthy for the for his people and we want to step into deeper yes. levels of that as a South fellowship church, church community. Um, so, so what's, what is it about that, that we need? You said, okay, we've went, we did the sociological level. Mm -hmm. We know that it's healthy for your body. Like you are less likely to get sick if you're in community than if you are down a cliff. Yep. yep. Um, and you, then there's the story that you told or looked at in mm -hmm. John of this, uh, the woman at the well, mm -hmm. So what are these elements and why is this important? Why should we prioritize it? Why should we do it differently than we're currently do, doing it? Those are the kinds of questions mm -hmm. I have spinning around. So I, I would say, just like I tried to give value, Sunday morning value, I would say also, if Sunday morning's your only expression of church community, you're probably missing something. Like if that's all you have, then it's probably, it's not enough. Because it does only require. Is it just, ever enough? Is there someone out there that that is their only encounter, and it's I mean, totally it's so, enough? It's so dangerous to say never, isn't it? Like it, it just like for some people, like can I see the, a situation where someone in their in their nineties is like, I've done this for a long time, and this is my home, and this is where I'm going to keep coming, and this is enough. Yeah, I mean, like. Potentially, but, but, that, but for the most he, part. So they're not known by anyone else? They don't have oh, any well, other yeah, friend I mean, the, who's so, like... So we're tr aren't we trying to split church from family just a little bit? Like you could have a great nuclear family, but still feel like, no, I want to come on Sunday morning because there's so much memory of what I have done here, what I have been involved here, all those different things. So like there's... there's yeah, yes, if you live alone and only come here on Sunday morning, that that feels like there's, there's more to be part of um, mm. almost all the time. So, so I think there's there's ways that we try and shape community in different ways beyond Sunday morning, um, to create space to be known. 
Um, I think that's, yeah, that's probably true. Hmm. So does community work if it's not Christian? Yeah, I think that's the hard part, right? What, what happens when you see see organizations all over the world do community better than the church? So I, I mean, and, and the, the, the rabbit hole moment for me or the like the blindfold being removed moment for me was, um, was CrossFit. Like this group of people that come uh. together six times a week that are cheering each other on, that are genuinely like pushing people to be better than they are, that are celebrating with other people's wins in the same way as if it was their wins, uh, that are excited when people are there and call them when they're not. Like that's... That that's like like to have a whole to have a guy struggling to finish like I don't know whatever it was, two hundred burpees for something and and everyone else is done and the whole group is around him like clapping and cheering him on, because they know that's going to get him over the finish line. That seems like a good community thing. Like an, another example would be Burning Man. I don't know if you've ever yeah looked at Burning Man, but yeah. their philosophy. Try not to look too close. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But their philosophy is you are wanted, you you are wanted, you are needed. Like anyone's, anyone's got a place here. All you have to do is show up and and give of yourself. So so there's all these organizations that you watch and you're like, oh, that's so church as it should be. Okay. So then what's the the unique advantage of Christ-centered community? Because the sociological thing, check, I can do that with mm-hmm. my CrossFit group. So I, I, so if I'm out there and I'm listening, I'm like, okay, Alex told me community is important. I live longer. Boom, I've got my CrossFit group. Check, I've achieved that. What does the way of Jesus or the community of Jesus have to offer that that CrossFit doesn't? Mm. Uh, and I and I guess it, it this is this becomes kind of a chicken and egg discussion in some ways because if you don't believe in Jesus as he describes himself, then I guess it doesn't. Like if Jesus isn't who he said he is, if it's just a a belief, then maybe it doesn't provide anything better. If Jesus is who he said he is, then the place, the the church is a place for restoration, for redemption, for all of these great things to take place, for transformation to take place. So, So a church community working its best can I guess accept anyone, but can also see them become something else. Um, and now CrossFit can do that to a degree in one area. It can do that around personal fitness, but but personal fitness is still got a limited lifespan on it. Eventually, you won't be able to 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 bench press however much or squat lift. Yeah. You know, you know. So I think the the Jesus centered community says that no, there's a purpose beyond this world that you're part of something transforming the current world and, and working in it, and it's transforming you at the same time into being a person who looks, into being a person who looks like Jesus. Hmm. So, so I guess it requires believing that Jesus is distinct to believe that the church is distinct. Yeah, and I think maybe one of the challenges we have as followers of Jesus sometimes is we... Um, the Imago Dei or the image of God in humanity, we want to say that the only way that that's ever going to show up in the world is if it's stamped by the church and Mm. it's defined explicitly as Christian. Um, And I would venture to say that like the whole, the whole reason that the CrossFit thing works is very 
centered in the image of Christ, mm. in the image of God, in those individuals who are participating in that community, just because they happen to stumble across a Jesus-y kind of interaction with other human beings doesn't mean it's less uh, um, something tied to the to the way of the kingdom. They may not be glorifying the kingdom. They may not be, but they've tapped into a way of existing that's in alignment with the kingdom of God mm. in that space. And I, yeah. So, uh, and that's actually them accidentally stumbling across something inside of the image of God in them. Yeah, like it, it, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because on one level, like it sounds like we're just trying to claim stuff that's good. Like we we don't do that very well, but ideally we would, and therefore that's like Jesus. Uh, which, I'm not claiming it because it wasn't the church who initiated. It wasn't the church that did it, it. Yes, the image of God gets to claim it, though. Yes, I think the um, his design of human humanity. Okay gets to claim it every time. Yes. Which is why I think he still gets glory out of it in the sense that if it is good and beautiful, every good and perfect thing comes from above, even a healthy community mm. at a CrossFit gym. Yeah. Um, and they may not have a clue that it's from from uh, him. Yeah. I So I, I have a, maybe a question that's maybe, okay. maybe tangents us a little bit, but so we have a values list on our wall. Yeah. One of the values is wholeness. Yes. Which is, is essentially like we want people in our community to be holistically whole, if that's not a horrible tautology. But we, we, we're interested. Pursue wholeness. Yeah, we're interested in every single part. Like what does that mean for a community? How does a church community think through, like we talk a lot about spiritual health in community what about all the other sort of ways that we like, should we be doing CrossFit in church? Should we be saying, no, we're going to do stuff that's about physical health. We, should we be doing nutrition classes? Should we be doing like things that actually take those things seriously? The, those are actually questions we've had when we first wrote those values. We, we actually had to ask the question, um, how do we prioritize all of the facets of wholeness at the church? And so it's one of the reasons why donuts disappeared for a long period of time was because, or at least we added healthy options because we wanted to say, we didn't want to send a mixed message around health, physical health. Mm. And so it was like, if we're going to say wholeness is a priority, we can't only offer, like uh, there is a connective potential of eating a donut with someone and, ha and a cup of coffee and having a great conversation. That could be a facet of wholeness around mm -hmm. Relationship, yeah. and all that. But does it have to be a donut? Does it have to be all those? Yes. Things? Does it have to but, be coffee? But if someone's struggle right then is I am trying to walk in the way of Jesus in the area of my physical health because that's an area that I've been I feel like I'm in almost in sin in, or I'm struggling with, and I'm and so and the only option they offer is donuts. It felt a little bit uh, disingenuous. I was going to turn us all into a Mormon community. We're going to get rid of the coffee. We're gonna, and when we get here on Sunday morning, I'm going to have a circuit route set up. It's going to be just like. <laughs> So we, this is why we, and then we, that's one of the reasons why we have support groups is yeah. it's not simply get your relationship with God right um, only in the sense that you also have to prioritize getting relationships with other people and having like emotionally healthy uh, mm. relationship class or a, an addiction class or, or a um, mental health wellness thing. Yeah, isn't isn't one of the challenges of community like somewhere somewhere we want our answer to be? I know it when I see it. Um, like we have this like 
these moments. It's always intriguing to me every time we have someone at South, at our community, someone will come and say, oh, so-and-so's sick, or they've gone through a moment of grief, or there's this problem that's come up. My question will be, for whoever mentions it on staff, um, something like, are they in a small group? Um, and, and just statistically, I know that if they are, they're going to get better care than if they're not. Um, mm. like, like somewhere there's something about that working, that system, when it works well, that actually cares for people. So usually if someone's, usually there might be something for staff to do to be involved in in some way with, with a time of grief or a time of, uh, of sickness or, or any of those different areas. Usually, if I find out there's a small group, by the time any staff persons got involved, there's been a conversation about, can we help and provide meals? Can we drop in and see? Like there's some different levels of participation that have been gone through way before the staff persons got involved. And, and when there is no connection, it usually gets a little bit bit more staff heavy, interestingly. Like somewhere, there are ways, little things that we do often that we think of as just, well, why do we do small groups? Why do we do that? Well, so those are some of the reasons. Um, yeah. It's if your only connection is through a church staff person then yeah, you're missing out on the potential of being cared for and, and the opportunity to care for others that it's just impossible for a church staff to handle unless the church is absolutely tiny. Yeah. In which case- And by yeah. tiny, we mean like 20 people. Yeah. Like, I mean, like very tiny. Very tiny. Huh. So um, any anything else you wanna say about this? Like what's the advantage of uniquely Christian community that we're talking about? Why would someone choose that over their CrossFit group? Yeah, so and 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 whether we're ever talking about choosing it over it, but but it has a different value. They're not just it's not just one or the other, right? I mean, you can do CrossFit, that's fine. You can find community in all these different sorts of places. Yeah. So and and this is such a Christian answer, so that bugs me a little bit in some ways. Like, isn't it just partly that? The, the, the Jesus-centered community allows you to know Jesus better. Um, and that's some of its big beauty and attraction. Like it, it invites you deeper into that relationship with the God of the universe. And, and that's what I've, I've been trying to get at when I've said, it, it really depends on what you believe about Jesus. Um, you know, he had this value on community. The writers that followed him valued this gathering together in community. They say that in all sorts of different ways. Um, somewhere in actual fact, following Jesus is not, we, we've used that language of, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? And I just wonder how much of the rest of the world would be like, well, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Because we split very easily individual and corporate. And, and yet for so much of the world, like we just, we looked at that with a woman on uh, the world. You can't just opt out of community life. Like, in most cultures, and you've lived in some of these cultures, hermits are weirdos. Her hermits are fringe. Hermits are not. There's something. The exception to the rule. That's yeah. the exception. In our culture, it's almost the opposite. Yeah. yeah. And so there is somewhere there is that corporate nature of following Jesus together that, that actually is can't be escaped. Like if you believe Jesus who he's, is who he says he is, discipleship is a journey of following him together not just a journey of following him by yourself yeah i 
I, yeah, I agree. And so that answers if I say, okay, what's the unique advantage of Christian community mm -hmm. is that we're going to get to know Jesus better. That, that is the, the assumption of that is that getting to know Jesus better is going to be deeply more, ultimately more satisfying and um, life-giving than not knowing him better. Um, I guess. I mean, I, I that that that's a difficult one too because broadly speaking, like play, playing devil's advocate a little bit, like the, with the, yourself with, <laughs> or with me, with someone who's the devil. I don't know. <laughs> I'll be the devil. That's fine. <laughs> Go for it. So at that at that level, it's not about is it self satisfying or is it does it provide me with some kind of existential joy or something like that like that at that point the it's what you're called to do if you well, decided you're following Jesus like if he says that community is how you do that then you're you're being obedient to a certain degree and then you may see obvious benefits of it but but you can make this argument that that he just said keep doing that keep gathering together. So, so like that, I I expect when he says that to see fringe benefits, if you like. But, but part of the challenge is it's it's like if you've got involved in this Jesus Jesus journey, he's like, yep, do that, gather together. So I think that that taps into how I would answer the question: what the unique benefit of Christian community is um, that I I think that several. There's actually a ton, a ton of the keys to unlocking the fullest potential of human existence are extremely counterintuitive. Hmm. Um, some of them have made their way so deeply saturated into society that everyone agrees with them now, but it's not how the world always was. Have you got was. an example? For example, like one that everyone agrees with yeah. now. Um like that violence is worse than peace. Mm. Like before the day, before the era of Jesus, violence was actually considered more reputable, more, more preferable mm. is the most violent gets the most power, which means I win. Yeah. And so a, the idea that um, we shouldn't kill other people to pursue, to, to like get our own safety and power, it, that is a uniquely Judeo-Christian idea that has made its way so deeply into mm. the fabric of Western civilization that now almost anyone, any religion, if you live in the Western world, agrees that killing other people to acquire power is probably less good than... Yeah, and so you're saying where we see that in other religions, it came from the Judeo-Christian world. Yeah, I mean, if you look back, I mean, uh, Jim... Jim... I'd have to look up his name. He's a sociologist. He was a secular historian who basically said that idea alone has shaped Western civilization. Mm. And it comes out of both the teachings of Jesus and the teachings of Paul and has shaped Western civilization more than any other idea in the history of the world. But surely the teachings of the Old Testament as well. Partially, yes. I mean, the, but like, specifically, the pivot point was Jesus, though, and mm. the early church. Because prior to that, it was celebrated, publicly yes. celebrated that the most violent person is the most awesome. Yes. 
Um, yeah, warriors are, warriors, yeah, warriors are the best. And the key is to just make sure you're on the same side as the violent person. Mm -hmm. um, and now, like, if we look at someone who's, like, belligerent, angry, and violent, we kind of look down on them, even as a secular, in the secular society. Yes. Yeah, um, it's very hard to picture the early church singing, like, David has killed, Saul has killed his thousands, David has killed his tens of thousands. Like, yay for David! And that would have been a very common thing in yeah. the early uh, And was in the Jewish church, yeah, in totally. the Jewish world. Totally. So I think the unique advantage of uh, being a follower of Jesus in community is it's a community that because of the teachings of Jesus, um, both provide maximal acceptance because of the cross mm -hmm. his, and demand transform, transformation in areas that, we, that is super counterintuitive, like the first shall be last. Mm. Consider others more important than yourself. I don't get to decide carte blanche that what what I do with my sexuality is only my decision, mm. always only my decision. So it's a community that is ultimately accepting and ultimately transformative and mm -hmm. challenging. Whereas a non-Christian community, it may get the ultimately accepting thing, which I think is actually embedded in God's work in the mm. world through his, anyway, but that's beside the point. They may get that part, but if you if you are doing a behavior that feels really good to you, are they gonna have are they gonna have the foundation of the teachings of the kingdom of God to say, no, why don't we go this other way? That's super feels different than you expect it should. Um, does that make sense? It does. I, I mean, I'm still intrigued as to whether there aren't communities that push transformation in some way. I know, like, for um, example, CrossFit. Yeah. It'd be a transformative body thing. But then if you went to the, your CrossFit buddy, you guys get drinks afterwards or whatever, and, and you're talking about, hey, you know, I'm I'm just no longer really super satisfied in my marriage. I'm, I, I've met this other girl at my work, and I think maybe I should, I should like, divorce my wife and go have an affair with this other person. Mm -hmm. And uh, His question is going to be, which of them does CrossFit? Yeah. And that's the one you should pick. Yeah. Or, or like, which one's going to make you happy? Yeah. Which and yeah. but the teachings of Jesus, I think, would be a better guide to ultimate thriving. Mm -hmm. I think that divorce is one of the most it's proven sociologically is one of the most detrimental things to go through for a family system. Yes. Um and so both for the person who initiated it and the person who's left behind, even if it's like I'm not saying that it, there's no reason to, that that shouldn't happen. So don't don't hear me wrong, but it's a painful process. Even the best possible divorce situations, any I've never talked to someone who was like, yeah, I loved it. Everything about it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the teach a community that's Christian is going to say this feels counterintuitive. It's crazy painful. Let's let's find out a the most loving, gracious way to try and engage this. Maybe there's a, a way to re-engage the relationship. Have we tried this? Have we tried that? How do we do it in the most Jesus-centered way possible? The CrossFit buddy's just going to be like, well, what's in it for you? Yeah. Pick that one. Yeah. And and, and the, so, so that, I mean, that goes to the third point from Sunday, like the sacrificial community that requires you thinking about others differently. It has some tensions. Um, it... it <laughs> So somewhere, Jesus brilliantly, I would suggest, manages to land this community of his. It's not capitalism or survival of the fittest. The the best warrior wins. It's also not socialism. The 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 like the 
you only matter for the, the you're just a cog in the machine that's all your purpose is it's just to give everything of yourself somewhere it's brilliantly both or neither or something that's different to any of those things i mean it's probably the reason he's able to say things like my kingdom is not of this world his is a kingdom where the king can be on a cross not on a throne yeah, but um, our intuition would never guide us to that. I wouldn't know. Because our intuition is either capitalism or But our intuition doesn't guide us towards socialism to, to, to sacrifice anyway, does it? Other than on particular exceptions. Yeah. You sacrifice for your kids, maybe, or some some maybe for your wife, maybe for your husband. I would yes. I think that true authentic sacrifice in our day-to-day -day is is deeply rooted in judeo-christian yes. thought uh, yeah. that has shaped the entire society but i also think that most sacrifice is selfish in general which is um but that's a totally different that conversation <laughs> so so you're saying community doesn't even really work it's just pretend no, no what i'm saying is like i mean um it's the C.S. Lewis quote, like the problem is not that we desire too much, is that we desire too little. Uh, so it the problem is not that we give up ourselves just for the sake of, the only reason you give up your of yourself is because you think the alternative is of greater value. Mm. Self-sacrifice, according to the way of Jesus, is the key to accessing deeper meaning, purpose, and joy mm. in life. Um, so on a practical okay. note, Pulling this background to practice because yeah. I love I love the I love I love the the different philosophical totally. whatever. And we're almost what out what of time. do you do if you're someone who's you've kind of just said for whatever reason I just don't want to do community right now like is there a so so we talked about the woman and the well she's we would suggest based on some good historical reading she's probably an outcast in her community it's probably why she's collecting water at the time she is middle of the day not early morning in the cool she could theoretically also have just opted out herself and just said no everyone's talking about me i'm just going to avoid the chatter i'm going to go when there's no one to chatter i'm just not going to do this um whatever it is for us there can be some real stuff that's happened that now we're like yeah community church yuck or there can be some stories I, I i used the word which i only heard for the first time last week accuser side um, we create narratives that other people are saying, even if they're not. We've got all of these things that they're talking about me. It's very yeah. middle schoolish. Um, begins at middle school anyway. Like, if you're in those places, what do you do? Because the temptation is just to say, I'm going to go and find another community at best, or I'm just going to go and be by myself until it all fixes. Mm. It d does that ever work? Gosh, I think the answer to that's difficult because I think that the the answer is a little bit dependent. Yeah. But the principle of finding some way to be in some sort of deep Jesus-centered community is the end game. Mm. That's the that's the desire he has for you. That's what he longs for you cuz and for your good. But there may be a season that some stepping back is makes some sense. There may be a season when changing a church community makes some sense. And then there are other reasons why 
you should not, even if it's hard. So, so we. So how I, do you I navigate would, that? I, yeah. Is that the next well, question? It, it kind of is. I mean, I, I would first say. How long is this podcast? I don't know. We got, we got five more minutes. <laughs> I, I would first say our, our whole understanding of like I'm just going to change church community is very modern. Totally. Uh, you know, the, even go back to G, Jesus' time. There's no conversation of like feel like the the synagogue at Capernaum might be a better fit for me than the one at Nazareth right now. Totally. That's just not in the language. Um, yeah. It's actually one of the great travesties of the modern church. So so the fact that we do recognize, oh, I just go down the road because I can, no one will know me there. No one will know the story there. That that in itself is a weakness of how we do church, I think. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that- It's also a weakness of how we do marriage. Mm -hmm. It's also a weakness of how- Basically, the entire most of the Western civilization struggles with covenant. So, so somewhere community yeah. is a covenant commitment of some kind, and that's why when we do membership classes at South, I generally say that something like this is a decision to stop shopping. Like, yes, could there be a scenario where you feel compelled to do something else? You're called to plant a church. You are called specifically to a different community, or stuff gets really messed up. Or, or unhealthy or unbiblical here, and there's a call to move, definitely. But is it just a, yeah, not really feeling it anymore, gonna slide over to the next yeah, one I and check because, that out? because, you know, it looked like this or that it was small. Yeah. My, my number one win was it was small. Yeah. And now we grew and it's no longer what it was. Yeah, so so like, yeah. yeah or and that could be anything as ridiculous. The music or the preaching. Alex used to have more of a British accent when he started. Now it's sliding into this transatlantic you know, weird spot. I, I don't really love that anymore. We had all short-haired pastors. And now, now we have all long-haired long pastors. Ridiculous. And it's just a little bit too edgy for me. Yeah, so so I, th I think like that. that's almost always got some questions for me. Totally. Um, I, and then I'm always intrigued. Almost everybody I know who slides away from a community for a season because they think it might be healing or it's just, I just need some space wants to come back at some point and finds it's more complicated to come back than they thought. Yep. Um, so, so, so usually the conversation there is something like, "Oh yeah, but everybody's talking about me," or "I can't possibly come back anymore. Too many things have happened, or there's too much water not under the bridge, or all those different things." And I actually grew up with a pastor who, he, his way of dealing with that, he was very brusque. And when people would say, everyone's talking about me, he would just look at him and say, most people don't even know you're left. You're not that popular. <laughs> like, he was just like, like, if you think you're the subject of every hallway conversation in a church of hundreds of people, that's very naive. Yeah. But so uh, maybe a little moment of vulnerability for me. And I guess the wind behind sharing the story is I had a, a very wise pastor and counselor give me some advice on what to do in this mm. situation. Because, uh, and I shared this in partially in a sermon I preached uh, last year sometime or something like that on grief. Mm. There there was a season here between um, uh, just the void of leadership during mm. the pastor search process and COVID where I, like so much was changing at South and the my emotions were all wrapped up and people were leaving and people new people were coming and we didn't know who our leader was gonna be. And then mm. COVID happened and like, I didn't have connection with, uh, anyway, my emotions were off the charts. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I had serious questions about like, I don't know if I can stay. Mm. I don't know if I could stay. Um, and I didn't know whether that was even an appropriate question to ask. Mm. 
were these re- these were real reasons they were real pains there were real people that i loved loved and a lot of them left not related to south it was just like uh, one of my close friends got a job in seattle another close friend of mine had to go take care of Jeff his mom take, take care of his mom in you know in oklahoma like mm. all these different things and there's a ton of reasons but it just hurt to see and the place started to represent all the people who were no longer there yeah and so I was like, if they're no longer here, I don't know if I'm at. It's almost like walking here. through a graveyard at that it point, is. isn't it? It's like you see seats that people sat or houses they lived in, and you're like, oh yeah. Stories that we lived, prayers that we prayed, and That's dreams an that we dreamed. Yeah, and so that was some of what South started to feel like. And so I was like, is it appropriate for me to leave, or should I stay committed to this covenant uh, that I feel called to this mm. place and all these? And then I had a pastor, Kevin. He said, you know what, I've I've gone through that multiple times. He says, I recommend um, if you if you leave, leave because God calls you to something. Genu- generally speaking, God doesn't he doesn't tend to call you to run away from mm. something. He most of the time, if he chooses to change your location or your vocation, he calls you to something. And so when he says, Aaron, this is the thing, and I and and I'm wanting you to go to mm. do X Y Z or to invest in this kind of this community. That's your freedom to mm. go. Uh, if you're just running from pain, it's probably an invitation to stay and live through it with the community. And that was the biggest gift for me in that season because then I was like, that's it. I'm just hurting, mm. and it's okay to. Then I could embrace my pain. I could embrace my ge- grief, and I could lean back into this community for help mm. in that grief. Um, so that was the great advice that I got from and Kevin. And Kevin gives pretty great, great yeah. advice. So, yeah. Anyway. Oh, oh, that's, yeah, that's a, I mean, I think that's a great, great ending point in lots of ways. Like the, there is a call to community uh, and, and Jesus invites us to it without always a ton of explanation of why. Um, some of it is a, is a, is a obedience practice and a trust practice of I'm going to trust what you said. Um, and, and somewhere it answers a bunch of the questions we're wrestling with in this series of identity and community and purpose, like somewhere it does do some of those things. Um, but, but it's never going to be, it's never going to be just easy. Right. I mean, that's anytime. And if it, if it is, it's probably not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So wherever <laughs> you are in terms of community, um, I think the, the takeaway for me is, is that is asking good questions. Uh, like, did God call me to this space? Does he kill, still call me to this space? Did he call uh, me somewhere else? Did he call me somewhere else? Uh, and, and and looking for ways that you can find find better community, even if it means staying right where you are. Like for me, some of that has been actively just starting to pursue some different relationships as yep. well, like looking for different circles of people to mingle with. Yep. Uh, building that, that diversity thing, not just around ethnic, but finding people who are actively not like you in yeah. a community just can make such a difference to how you see things. Totally. Like even if, if you talked about sound a, a few weeks ago and how you hear that, like even to find someone who thinks the opposite and say, well, what are you hearing? What do you get? Like what's the joy for you there? Just hearing that different yeah. different language and recognizing the sacrifice as it, as it seems to land with church community isn't just giving up of yourself. It's actually giving of yourself to the community as well. It might yep. involve surrendering preferences, but it also involves bringing your whole self and saying, how can I be involved? 
and, and that's almost like the magic of of like as as communities grow there is this like moment of sometimes it gets so difficult to figure out like oh there's all these new people coming in there's different people there's all these different things happening actually a bunch of people that just come into that and just say what can i do to help is yep. is just the key to healthy community yep totally love it well if you have any questions put them in the comment section below uh I, I have this sneaking suspicion that we haven't answered every single <laughs> sorrow or pain that you've ever had related to community <laughs> relationship. <laughs> like we promised we were going to at the that beginning. That was a bold claim. It was a bold claim and probably a bold faced lie is what <laughs> it was. Um, but, uh, but we're in community, so you have to figure this. <laughs> exactly. Accept us just the way we are. Um, yeah, we love you. Like, subscribe, share. We really want this... Uh, podcast to be a resource for our church family mm. and for those beyond uh, but specifically for our church family to have these deep hard sometimes confusing conversations and about vulnerable how do, conversations how do we really walk in the way of jesus the heart mm -hmm. of jesus all right love you love you guys bye bye, -bye. well thanks again for listening and we hope that that was a helpful conversation for you we'd love to interact with you about this so feel free to leave comments questions, all that sort of thing. And we'll try our best to get back to you when we can. Have a great day.